Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. I'm glad to be back, and sometimes you have to step away from something that you love in order to keep that love for it. So, yeah, <laughs> I had to step away for a little bit to get some perspective and then come back to it. Yeah, and so as I was gaining perspective in certain areas in my life and in, in working with people, I came across something that really, I don't, surprise, I don't talk about this as much because it's so important almost in everything that I do when it comes to therapy. And it's probably the first thing I address, which is repressed emotions. Now, we are emotional beings. However, we do come with conditioning that started or have shaped our beliefs since childhood. And these beliefs that have developed around emotions are usually a tactic for survival. Uh, they're not necessarily something that is uh, done on purpose. You know, my parents will show me through their responses how they're going to deal with emotions and I will be watching that and I will get messages from that based on how they deal with emotions. If they're avoidant, um, then most of the time they underreact. They might minimize. They might walk away, walk out of the door whenever there's a problem or they might overreact. And uh, anything they hear that doesn't come out to their expectations, they might just overreact. Now, either those circumstances are usually extreme, but in many cases, a lot of us have learned to respond as children to those circumstances, right? So if I know that a parent overreacted, I may not tell them everything. <laughs> I, may, I may lie, start lying as a way to survive. Now, it may be perceived as lying, but a child really uh, doesn't really develop that on purpose. They develop that again to survive their environment. They want, they're eager to, eager to please. They want affection. They want loyalty. They want security by their parent. And so they will uh, omit information or somehow change it or what we call lying in order for the child to survive and gain this love or attention. Now, if a parent is underreactive, a child may also uh, result in, they will also respond in some sort of way to survive that kind of parent. They're cold, they might be detached, right? And so the child is uh, seeking attention and love and they might maybe put in a lot more effort. They may go into self-blaming because they're not uh, understanding why the parent is detached. They're blaming themselves for that as a kid. That's very common. And so what we can see here is that these messages we get about emotions are pretty uh, important because they teach us how we deal with our own, right? And those survival tactics sometimes continue on into adulthood and how we deal with emotions. I say this because many of the patients that come to therapy I would say like the majority of them are not able to label their own emotions. They, uh, 
may call the emotion a whole lot of other things. They might even avoid, they might even minimize their emotions, uh, all in an attempt to respond the way they've respond for, responded for many years, right? They may fear my judgment as a therapist. They may fear diagnosis. They may fear how they're perceived, all the same thing. Um, and so they, they might omit information. They might minimize to present as, yeah, I'm all great. I'm fine, you know? But we are not exempt as humans from our conditioning growing up. And emotional repression is a real thing, friends. It's a real thing. But it's not like what people think. It's not like in a burst into something and just, yeah, you know. It's, that's not what it is. But unfortunately, we get the idea that being emotional sometimes is weak. And that if we are uh, over overly emotionally uh, presenting to people, it could be perceived as in a negative way, right? A person that's not able to c- control themselves um, and all the variety of ways that we could somehow shame a person because they're presenting with emotions. Uh, so it, it goes without saying that as we age and we start not looking at our own emotions, we become, unfortunately, detached from them. We kind of start moving away from our own emotions. And and this happens, you guys, really since childhood, depending on what you had to survive. And then when we get into uh, trying to get into emotional situations, you really see how you've been surviving for many years, whether you avoid your emotions you might walk away. You might even overreact when something happens uh, and blame other people. But all of it is just chalked up for people to, they chalk it up as, oh, I'm just, that's just who I am. That's, that's what I'm meant to be. And so they start identifying themselves by their emotions, by the way they respond. This becomes a problem because once they identify themselves with, you know, uh, I'm just hot tempered, I'm, you know, not, uh, emotional, whatever it is that people say about themselves. Unfortunately, they start identifying themselves as that. And that makes it hard to change. They think this is their identity. This is who I am. They got, they can sometimes glorify accidentally. Uh, and this becomes stabilized or solidified, unfortunately, in their, in their responses. But I'm here to tell you today that these are just responses responses starting from childhood. We all have them. And if you have a way to repress emotions, unfortunately, that means you are detached from labeling your own emotions, understanding them, not being afraid of them, confronting them. And then you might actually end up responding in extreme where you're underreactive, right? You're avoidant, or you are overreactive, And a lot of the times, friends, we are both. (laughs) If we are coming from a place of extreme to begin with, we are actually a lot of the times both extremes at times, okay? Um, And this is no good. This is no good. This is really the main concept of what you think of a mental health disorder, depression, anxiety, whatever, uh, any personality disorder. All of it is really avoidance of taking responsibility for emotions, And the first way to take responsibility is by labeling them, by knowing what emotions are you feeling and calling it like it is. And if you notice, a lot of my episodes are all about identifying emotions that maybe people do not confront. Uh, 
uh, because they might, they think that it might, just might be too much for them. I, I can't, I can't handle this emotion and I don't want to just sit in it and, and drown in it. And so they avoid it altogether. Um, but unfortunately we end up responding in the same underdeveloped or another way to say that immature way. I don't mean that in a, in a, in an offensive way. On the contrary, I have many immature responses. Uh, and, and when I'm working on them, I realize that, Hey, uh, it's now a choice whether I need to respond this way, you know, and we want to make your responses a choice rather than your identity today. And I've come up with certain things that I need you to do this way. You are going to work on this every day until you just can walk into your mind and, and understand your emotions so damn well, they never scare you. You never call them something that they're not. And this can serve us all pretty well. And basically that's what I'm doing. The majority of therapy is helping people label their own emotions, peeling off the layers of that they put onto that emotion to hide what that, whatever that emotion is, whether it's disappointment, whether it's uh, sadness, loneliness, they patch anger, you know, they patch up all these things on top of it, uh, you know, excuses, justifications, blah, 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 in order for them not to look at the emotion and sit in it and just deal with it, deal with it by sitting in it. Nothing more, nothing less. It's not fancy here, friends. It's just simply as confronting it and just sitting with it, learning to understand the source of that suffering. So tonight we're going to really start to understand what, 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 what that's all about. Just dealing and labeling with emotions because it will save us from, you know, the common colds of anxiety and depression, friends. If you are able to increase this self-awareness, this type of emotional self-awareness, it would make sense that you're now able to emotionally regulate yourself. How beautiful. Why the hell would I not want you to do that? Why would I not want you to do that as a therapist, as a human being, as a fellow friend, as a fellow human friend? Tonight, I'm actually bringing you something that I invented myself, and I love this approach. I want you guys to start using it and it's easy to remember. Okay. It's, it's kind of, it's easy to remember. So it's an acronym of life, L I F E. All right. And I'm going to tell you about each letter. And so this way it comes in steps, what you would do in steps to identify. So life L would be label. And what I want you to be able to really get good at is just to sit, sit in your own suffering, whatever that discomfort is, that feeling it's nothing scary, friends. It's just a feeling. It's inside of you. It's not something to run away from, uh, jump off a, a building from. This stuff is, is not, our feelings are not meant to be facts. Most of the time, friends, they're just a warning. They're just a warning telling us, hey, look within. We don't want to sit in that discomfort. We don't want to kind of just let it ride and just avoid it. And that's uh, that avoidance itself is what ends up making it bigger than it actually is. So confront it and label it. That's life, the first acronym of life, okay? So uh, I hope that's pretty clear. It could be in anything. The next acronym would be I. So after you label, I want you to identify how you usually respond to this feeling. What, once you identify that feeling, whatever that embarrassment is, anger, uh, uh, sadness, you know, whatever it is that's uncomfortable for you to feel, I want you to identify what it is that you usually do in response to any of that. Do you sit at home, sleep, oversleep? Do you um, 
call up many people and tell them, you know, your problems and hope you get the, but one, someone, someone out there to, to save you with a, a gentler kind of words that they may have that you do not have, for example, or, um, you know, do I usually get into conflicts with other people? Blame them. That's a common one. I blame other people for how I feel. Hey, it's not far-fetched, friends. So that is I in life. The third acronym would be F. And F, I'm really looking for you to find the source of that emotion. And I want you to do this part with compassion. You know, where does that emotion come from? Most of the time I respond this way every time. This is where we do our self-reflection and ask ourselves, do I like the way I respond to this or does it make me feel guilty or ashamed later? Do I feel myself overreacting to something? Do I somehow know deep down inside it's not their fault that I may be insecure, I may have had a lot of expectations and I just take it out on them? And this would happen so subtly, friends, that a lot of the times, because it's such an automatic way of thinking, we've been habitually doing this for a long time, again, as a way to survive, uh, that we, we never thought to change it. And it's, it's like we've already justified it and it's just an automatic response. But that's why we got to slow down. And so in identifying the source of that with compassion, with lo- with self-love, we're looking at it, we're saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm insecure because of my weight and I assume that another person is just um, making a statement, but I just overreacted because I interpreted whatever their intentions were. And I don't know what people are intending. I will make up stuff about people. Another one would be, I tell my husband that I forgive him, but yet I pull out the past and shove it in his face, but it's not really forgiveness. And friends, we're human. We're going to do that. (laughs) But as long as you take responsibility for it and make it better next time, but you can't make it better next time. If you think that you're freaking perfect and you have to be perfect the first time you ever try this out and I'm right and I got to be right. And that gets us into a rabbit hole of really thinking we are right at which point our pride takes over and I will not apologize. And sure enough, will not change because I'm blaming people. And that would just ruin my whole argument that I had for myself. So put that shit to the side and let's start looking at our emotions and with compassion and saying, you know what? Yeah, I may deal with the fact that I'm, I have not forgiven this person and that I just need to continue to work on that. And that's important. Nobody's expecting perfection. I don't need you to expect it of yourself. It doesn't make the world a better place. It will make you rigid, hard to the core, bitter, and you'll just keep surviving, not living anymore. And nobody wants that for anybody, you know? Yeah, I hope I I made this um this one pretty important. Finding F is for finding that source. So just to kind of repeat, L is for labeling, I is for identifying how you usually respond. And uh, F is for the source, you know, finding that source of that emotion with compassion. You can't, you can't withhold compassion. You have to have compassion. If you're talking to yourself in a nasty way to correct yourself, I promise you, you are not taking responsibility. All you're doing is just self-criticizing. You become just, again, avoidant of those emotions because you don't want to feel the emotion of, oh shit, I just made a mistake, right? Or I got this wrong, or I'm not right about this. And so we avoid that by making excuses. You see how we do like superficial layering of other stuff when we just need to dig in a little bit further to kind of know what our insecurity is, what we're acting on. And most of the time, if I'm saying insecurity or expectations of something that I might be responding negatively to, uh, whatever the case is, it all comes down to fear. So if you don't remember anything, 
most of the time, we, the responses we don't like about ourselves usually have a core or a source that comes from some kind of fear, fear of being seen in a certain way, fear of um, a person leaving, fear of whatever the case is, but it's a fear, okay? <laughs> okay. So the final acronym is E. So L-I-F-E, life. That's how we deal with life. E is envisioning a new response. At this point, now you have to envision a future response that you would like to uh, address this emotion that you've labeled. You've identified its source. You've, you were able to I, I also identify the responses that you usually have. And now I know I'm familiar with this feeling. So the next time I feel this feeling, whatever it is, let's say it's anger or embarrassment, I'm going to respond in the way I've visualized, whether it's to withhold, whether it's to speak up and, and, um, and make a boundary, whatever the case is, whatever you want to respond, visualize a response that you're going to like yourself for. This is how and what we're doing all day long, if you have a tendency to repress emotions, it's kind of like we're having to relearn how to deal with this just regular human emotions. Sometimes I think the way we talk about emotions, like it's depression or anxiety. Well, you know, I'm like, what's what's going on? Um, why are you seeking counseling? And the commenters are like, oh, I have anxiety. It's my depression, my anxiety, my, you know, it's, and, and it's, we don't want to make it our identity. It's not yours, friend. It's just a feeling. It's a feeling that you repress, which ends up resulting in this I just help, I'm helpless to it. I just sit in, in the, in the junk, in the dirt. I just think it's normal. That's what we do, you know? So envisioning a, a new response helps your brain have, um, uh, an exit plan when you feel that familiar feeling that you are uncomfortable with, right? And once we visualize it, our brain can retrieve it as when, when the time is needed. And that's pretty important. But if you kind of go throughout the day, uh, never confront your discomfort and the uncomfortable responses that you may have throughout the day and just you avoid and you just don't change your response, most of the time what's going to end up happening is that your brain cannot retrieve anything that you've taught it that's new. It will just use what you already have that's effortless. So we have to actually slow down and visualize a new response. And that's how you teach your brain on purpose to recognize an old familiar belief or feeling and change this old belief and feeling by adapting a new response to it. I hope this makes sense. You know, if I think of this life acronym, and uh, if we use it, it really will help upgrade your life. You'll find yourself responding to things, not either by avoiding it, repressing, and then next thing you know, your body's reacting to it. You're just kind of shutting down everything, shutting yourself from the world, uh, shutting people away, or the other way where it's just like overreacting and I'm pushing people away. <laughs> um, or uh, you, I just never deal with unprocessed anger. And the way we're going to respond does not look Adultified, it will end up looking younger than our age, than our chronological age. It will not uh, appear mature is another way to say that. And again, all of this is not to offend you. Look, I'm the same way too. I have to do the same work as you, but I can't do it unless I confront those dark places in me, the discomforts in me. And that's what I need you to do. I need you to make sure that's a priority for you on this starting of this new year. 
It's something that you could do for yourself. So this way we can prevent things from escalating all the way to depression. And I'm just sitting in my bed because I'm chasing feelings. I'm just chasing feelings. You know, that's a prison. Your feelings can become a prison if you don't master them, if you don't know what they are, if, if you keep avoiding them because you're afraid it might get too much. Well, it's already too freaking late. If we're sitting at home all day long, avoiding life, uh, we're becoming self-destructive. This is a, a very good indication that you need to use this acronym of life. We need to confront life. And that's what most people really come to do in a therapy. They don't know they're doing it. It's not that I have any better information that, than the patient does. I'm not an expert on them. They're the expert on them, but they have not confronted themselves. So I act as a middleman, a mirror to show them, you know, how to do it, to show them their words, to repeat them back to them. I mean, uh, to repeat back their behaviors, probe into a new way of responding if, if they don't like the way they responded to a certain situation. L- help them label their emotions. Um, I'm not starting from scratch, friends, when I'm, I'm, I'm in therapy. I am using what they already know about themselves. I'm helping them trust themselves because they are the primary source for their own relief. I never think it's something external of you that is better than you in handling your life. It's you. It's you. I need you present and accounted for. And when you are able to identify, identify really this, those emotions without being afraid of them, identify the discomfort without being afraid of it, then we're starting to live beautifully. And then the more you confront, the more you change responses, eventually that becomes your new habit. And what you thought was your identity at first, I'm just hot tempered. I'm just angry. I just say what I want. Blah. I'm you know, whatever the case is, like that will eventually uh, change. And it'll let you know that you are just more than your behaviors. You are more than just your feelings. You're much, much more than that. And I want you to know that. Hell, every episode is about that, if I really think about it. So this is a good one to listen to over and over again. It will help coach you into understanding and how to confront your own emotions that have possibly been repressed. Again, this is something that we would have conditioned for many, many years. If people ask you specific questions about your emotions, well, why do you feel that way about it? And the first statement you say is, I don't know. You are in the right place. That's what you need to be listening to every day until you do know what the hell you're feeling. Because if you don't know who the hell will, who will? Nobody can tell you how you feel. Only you could do it. But sometimes if you don't trust you, we can get into trouble by believing what other people tell us about how we feel, what we think, and what we know about ourselves. That's just no good. No good. You see? Thank you guys for joining me tonight. Believe it or not, this is a Valentine's Day episode. It's pretty romantic, isn't it? To fall in love and get to know you a lot better. That's what this is about. Um, but yeah, this morning uh, we were having... Uh, strong type of snow falling here in Texas. And my son, who's a toddler, says to me, let's make Olaf. And I'm like, uh, hell yeah, we're going to make some Olaf. And so we made a, we attempted uh, an Olaf making project. And it was all good. I took a picture of it and everything. But you know what you need to know about Texas and its snow, especially where I'm at, it doesn't really snow that much. Like what we think is a lot of snow is like really not a a lot of snow in, in the, you know, snow business world. And, um, 
And so that, that sad looking Olaf today was, um, but what mattered was the moment of sharing it with my boy and, and making Olaf, which is what he wanted. He connected it with that. Uh, he even mentioned Elsa in there. I was like, Oh God, you know, uh, the whole generation may not call snowman snowman anymore. It'll just be Olaf. So far it's been Olaf. You know, and I'm like, no, his name is Snowman. That's a snowman. But uh, no, Olaf has been winning. I wonder what's going to happen. I, uh, I'm a little concerned about that. I mean, you know, we remember the snowman story in the book and, and all that fun stuff with the hat flying. And we might lose snowman. It might just end up being Olaf eventually. I'm preparing. I'm preparing. I like change. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I hope you had a blessed valentine's day uh i'm looking forward to future episodes i love you guys and i hope this finds you well wherever you're at i'm sending you love and light and the acronym of life labeling emotions identify the usual response to them finding the source of the emotions deep down inside and finally envisioning a new response to that emotion this has been an episode of drive through